It's election day in America, and the only thing we can be sure of is that a lot of people will have a lot of predictions. Humans have tried to predict the future since the first caveman wondered if it would rain. But the truth is, no one knows what the future holds. But that doesn't stop people from guessing. Today, I'm going to tell you about the five worst prognostications of all time. I predict that, if nothing else, you'll find them an entertaining reminder that, where human beings are concerned, there's no such thing as a sure bet. Whether it's history, crime, or legend, Stephanie Hoover has that story. Rutherford B. Hayes was a one-term president by choice. In an extremely contentious election, he lost the popular vote but won the Electoral College. As part of the negotiations that made him president, he pledged that he would not seek re-election and he kept his word. Yet while Hayes may have known how to navigate the tightrope of politics, it appears his grasp of emerging technologies was far weaker as evidenced by his thoughts on Alexander Graham Bell's new communications tool, the telephone. Like his father, Bell was an elocutionist, an expert in public speech and oration. Bell relied on his unique knowledge of human vocalization to open a school for the deaf in Boston in 1872. Yet, when he turned his attention toward inventing a mechanical instrument by which people could communicate, he received a surprising lack of enthusiasm, even from those closest to him. Bell's father-in-law-to-be, Gardner Green Hubbard, dismissively called Bell's invention a clever toy. Rutherford B. Hayes, however, went one step further. He conceded that the telephone was certainly an amazing invention, but predicted that no one would ever want to use one. Alfred Nobel was a Swedish engineer and chemist. In an effort to create a safer alternative to the volatile nitroglycerin, Nobel created a far more stable explosive he called dynamite. After patenting his invention in 1867, he sold the product as Nobel's Extra Dynamite. Nobel was convinced that the secret to world peace was sufficient weaponry to threaten global destruction, a fear that would force nations to live in harmony. His prediction that mutually assured destruction would eliminate conflict was proven horrifically wrong by the mass battlefield casualties of the First World War. To ameliorate the reality that his wealth derived from the staggering number of lives lost to his inventions, Alfred Nobel established the Nobel Peace Prize, as well as four other Nobel Prizes for chemistry, physics, medicine, and literature. Ironically, most of the physicists that decades after Nobel's death developed deadly nuclear weapons were eventually awarded Nobel Peace Prizes. The United States Patent Office was established in 1790. Its mission then and now is to promote the progress of science and useful arts 
by securing for authors and inventors for a limited time exclusive use of their own works. For the first several decades, the Patent Office was managed by members of the President's Cabinet. In 1836, it became an independent agency managed by a Commissioner of Patents. Charles H. Duell assumed the role of Commissioner in 1898. During his second year in the position, Duell wrote to President McKinley with a startling suggestion. The Patent Office should be abolished because, according to Duell, everything that could be invented had been invented. Certainly during his tenure, a wondrous assortment of technology had been introduced, including the car, electric lights, and the telephone. Thankfully, though, McKinley felt there were far more inventions to come. Today, more than 600,000 new patent applications are filed each year, and we can only imagine what Charles Duell might think of today's technological innovations. On March 26, 1979, famed conservative columnist George Will published a piece lambasting the film The China Syndrome. His vitriol was, in large part, sparked by his lingering resentment of one of the film's stars, Jane Fonda, and her unrelated yet still infamous visit to Hanoi during the Vietnam War. Will compared Fonda's recklessness in appearing in a movie about a devastating nuclear accident to her, as he viewed it, anti-American position against the war. After berating Fonda and, by extension, the entire movie, Will, a strong supporter of the nuclear energy industry, confidently predicted that sitting beside someone smoking a cigarette would be far more dangerous than living near a nuclear power plant. Surely George Will was quite pleased with his own words, right up until two days later when Pennsylvania's Three Mile Island nuclear plant suffered a near-catastrophic failure. That original column has been omitted from compilations of George Will's work, probably for the better, since it proves he's as bad of a movie reviewer as he is a prognosticator. In 1905, former President Grover Cleveland made a controversial, even for its day, prediction. Sensible and responsible women, he asserted, do not want to vote. By the time of Cleveland's prediction, women had been fighting for the right to vote for more than half a century. The first constitutional amendment eliminating gender as a voting requirement was introduced in 1878. It was reintroduced every year for the next four decades. Only after World War I did suffragettes finally achieve their goal. Just three years after Cleveland's prediction, he suffered a massive heart attack. Reportedly, his last words were, I have tried so hard to do right. I can't judge Cleveland. That's a job far, far above my pay grade. I can say he was abjectly wrong when he said that men possessed some innate right to vote while women did not. In today's election, at least 53% of voters will be women and all of them are standing on the shoulders of suffragettes like Victoria Claflin Woodhull, who said, if Congress refuses to listen to and grant what women ask, 
there is but one course left then to pursue. What is there left for women to do but to become the mothers of the future government? What indeed? Well, that's my list of the five worst predictions of all time. I can't go back in time and change any of these poor prognostications, but I can safely predict this. Each and every one of you possesses the greatest power that exists, the power to vote. And if you do that in this election and every election thereafter, you can and yes, you will create the country you want to live in. This is Stephanie signing off and reminding you, it's election day in America. Vote early, vote safely, and vote your heart.